Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. We all know about the health benefits of swimming, and most of us have at least seen a water aerobics class. But what is aquatic physical therapy, and how does it differ from those familiar examples? In the following interview, we get answers to those questions from Paula Geigel, a physical therapist at Kernan Rehabilitation Hospital in Baltimore. In addition to describing common elements of aquatic physical therapy, Paula discusses which conditions tend to be a good fit for aquatic physical therapy and describes how the buoyancy benefits of water allow many individuals who might struggle to walk to exercise in the pool in a way they never could on land. A reminder that input from our guest is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. You can learn more about aquatic physical therapy at moveforwardpt.com. With that, here's our interview with Paula Geigel. Paula, before we discuss the range of what aquatic physical therapy is, maybe it's best if you can take us through what aquatic physical therapy isn't. Sure. Um, Aquatic physical therapy crosses a wide span of activities. What it isn't is aerobic exercise like one would see at a fitness center. It is a skilled intervention that is addressing individuals who have specific needs. So it could be a need like cardiovascular conditioning, uh, neuromuscular reeducation, It could be a musculoskeletal issue. It may or may not include swimming, but it is not just swimming laps. So while all of those things might fit in the gamut of a uh, scope of practice, aquatic physical therapy is a skilled intervention provided by a therapist who has the training to address the specific needs of the client. And why don't, to build off on that, you alluded to this a little bit already, but why don't you provide a brief overview of what um, the range of that aquatic physical therapy, what it can really consist of? Right. Aquatic physical therapy actually can address a multitude of issues for clients that come to us with functional problems as well as specific uh, issues like a post-surgery where they need to rehab strength and range of motion for a very specific problem. What it does include are the areas of addressing musculoskeletal, cardiovascular, neuromuscular reeducation, and metabolic concerns, particularly for individuals who can't exercise on land because of gravity, um, weakness, any limitation that would prevent you from getting a good cardiovascular workout on land. Aquatic exercise can provide that and then address some of the glucose insulin uh, balance issues that oftentimes cannot be addressed when people can't get their cardiovascular system challenged enough on land. Can you take us through a scenario like that? So somebody who would have a gravity issue on land, what that really means, and then what you might do with them in an aquatic setting. Sure. Um, Somebody that has basic arthritis, um, osteoarthritis from aging and maybe from repetitive use or combination of that is oftentimes a client that we see referred for aquatic therapy, and it's a great referral. Basically, these individuals cannot exercise at a high enough exercise intensity on land because it's too painful. Um, Their joints just hurt too much. In the water, with the unloading from the buoyancy principle, we are allowed this individual to now go ahead and take control and exercise at a much higher cardiovascular level, which also lets them get stronger, improve their balance, 
whatever issues they might have been having, but it also allows their metabolic system to be challenged enough so that their glucose and insulin basically um, can achieve a balance so they maintain health as far as type 2 diabetes. And a lot of our clients in the age group with osteoarthritis, this is another concern. I'm curious. I'm sure it ranges from individual to individual, but in general, when you have a patient who has not been able to exercise on land potentially for a long time and they get in the, in, into the pool for the first time for an aquatic physical therapy session, how surprised are they by um, maybe the level of effort or, or the extremes that they can now go to? Mm, that's a great, interesting question. Um, one that kind of surprised me a lot when I first started doing aquatics, individuals who just don't want to come out of the pool, they'll say, dear, this is the best I've felt in years. I don't want to get out. The only problem with that is I have learned through experience that you do need to be careful and that you have some kind of uh, verbal or written contract with the person that the first couple sessions might be shorter than they might want because they will overuse the muscles and joints because they haven't used them for so long, perhaps at the same intensity level. So that is the one downside when someone starts an aquatic program they might actually be very sore the next day or the next couple of days if someone without the skilled knowledge to help them enter into the program in a more prescriptive manner. Sure, because I guess, too, you know, as much as the um, the buoyancy allows them to do things they couldn't do, it maybe doesn't even allow them to realize how hard they're working, right? Exactly. They just think that they're feeling so good and they don't want to stop because for many people it may have been um, – months or even years since they were able to be that active. So for them, they they want to just keep going. They don't want to come out of the pool. You mentioned osteoarthritis already. Are there other injuries or disabilities that aquatic physical therapy tends to be especially effective for or a popular treatment for? And we use a lot of aquatic physical therapy intervention for individuals that have spine issues, so degenerative joint disease of the spine, anybody that's had any back injuries from work or from uh, avocational activities. We also treat a lot of individuals with aquatic physical therapy who have balance problems because because of the buoyancy, you are able to get a little longer reaction time. People just don't fall over in the pool like they do with gravity uh, in play. So gravity is still in play, but buoyancy counteracts it in the pool. So it gives people much longer time to work on single limb stance. Anybody with any kind of gait abnormalities, the swing phase and the stance phase can be slower, so you can actually give more um, auditory and tactile cueing as to how to recruit muscles. So there are a lot of different conditions that you might use the pool for. Um, however, that said, it's not for everyone. There are precautions and contraindications that whoever is administering a program should be aware, and the consumer should also be aware. So um, open, in, open skin lesions. It can't be covered with bioocclusive material. It may put the person at risk. The pool chemicals will protect the actual client and anybody else in the pool, but one of the problems with that is the lifts, the stairs, the locker rooms can't be kept totally sterilely clean just because it can't in that aquatic environment. So there are other conditions that basically might preclude someone from being in the pool. Sure. So how... Um Typically, does somebody then arrive at your doorstep, quote-unquote, into an aquatic physical therapy program? Um, it depends on the facility type. For outpatient, oftentimes that's a referral from another healthcare practitioner. It may be actual recruitment into the community that people are aware that the program is available. 
If you're an inpatient facility that also sees outpatients, oftentimes we will start a lot of our inpatients in the pool and they will actually ask to come back and do some outpatient physical therapy as they progress in their um, rehab. Let's talk about some of the basics. Aquatic physical therapy, is that always done in a traditional swimming pool? Are you using any specialized flotation equipment or devices, or how does that in general work, or does it differ depending on what you're treating? The pools really vary. Um, a lot of facilities actually have in-ground pools. Many facilities have above-ground pools, or some facilities actually have both. What is really interesting is it depends on the needs of the clients that those facilities see most. So some of the tanks that are above ground can be custom built. The in-ground pools can also be custom built. There are several companies that really do a great job with working on therapeutic pools. You can adapt uh, gym pools to fit the population. Again, it needs a fair amount of expertise to make sure that the pool is accessible, the locker rooms are accessible. But the pool itself is not the um, biggest issue. It's the expertise to know how to get clients in and out of the pool safely. The other thing is looking at water temperature and water depth. Oftentimes we're stuck with the pool we have. We can't always change the water depth. And that's where your question about flotation and resistance devices comes into play. You may be able to work without a deep well and have someone just bend their knees if they're able to do that and do um, a suspended unloading activity without having a deep well. You can put somebody in a horizontal position by using Noodles, you can use um, actual equipment that is sold for aquatic physical therapy, but the basic noodles that you can get for a dollar, particularly um, when it's at the end of the season, they also will work very well for helping to adapt positioning in the pool. One of the other factors that is important when you're looking at what kind of pool is the water temperature. Um, if you have somebody that's an elite athlete that you do a lot of work hardening and athletic reconditioning, you want that pool temperature much cooler than you would have for somebody who really can't generate a lot of their own body heat. So typically we don't want the pool much warmer than what we call thermoneutral, which is 87 to 90 degrees. However, some of the therapy pools will go up a little bit higher. Um, it really depends on the clientele that you see most in the pools in which you're treating. So in general then, if somebody hasn't been to aquatic physical therapy or hasn't done that, Really, what we're talking about here is, is at least visually to the, the initial eye, something that looks fairly straightforward, like you said, using um, flotation devices that you could find at the corner store, essentially, and not necessarily any big major apparatus or, or complex pool system. We're really just talking about getting people floating in the pool so that they can do exercises that they couldn't do on land. Is that mostly right? Well, floating as well as ad resistance. So the beauty of the foam, which is really fairly inexpensive, the devices you can buy from numerous vendors that are specifically made, or I said you can adapt some of the things that are available just at our local stores, they can either add flotation or if you use them as resistance, the bigger surface area in the pool actually adds more drag. So you can get a fair amount of resistance training for strengthening and use the same piece of equipment then to float either the same person or another person into a position where that may act as an active assist and allow the person who doesn't have as much strength to move more easily because they have the flotation device under their arm, under their leg, whatever part of the body we're working upon. You're a Kernan Rehabilitation Hospital in Baltimore. Can you tell me a little bit about the programs you have specifically there and the range of patients that you see? 
We're very excited about our aquatic program at Kernan. We offer a full-spectrum aquatic program. So we actually have inpatient clientele. Uh, we have at Kernan spinal cord injured individuals. We have individuals with traumatic brain injury, with CVA, with multiple trauma. We have the whole host of a rehab facility. And not a large percent, but I would say a growing percent of our inpatients are actually treated in the pool to progress them quicker as far as ambulation, functional activities, and just to give them, again, the freedom of movement that perhaps they cannot generate themselves on land at that point of their inpatient stay. We then have a very large outpatient program, and that crosses um, from the athletic injuries all the way to fairly involved neuromuscular injuries. And then we also offer a great wellness program, both on land but in the pool, where we have classes throughout the day at different skill levels as far as activity tolerance. So we have a fairly active group three times a week. We have a less active group. They actually just started Zumba in the pool, which looks like it's great fun. Um, we have staff who actually participate in some of the wellness activities, as well as clients who are discharged from inpatient, outpatient, and from other facilities that come and join the wellness program. I think aquatic physical therapy maybe for some people seems like a natural if somebody's um, dealing with a severe condition or maybe coming out of surgery or something like that, but you mentioned um, some of that outpatient treatment uh, for athletes and, and people like that. Is there a condition that may be or, or an injury that is essentially a less debilitating injury that if you had your say, more people would use aquatic physical therapy to try to treat? Do you think the outcomes can be especially positive, but people maybe never go that far? Um, I think actually we're starting to see more appropriate referrals across the spectrum of acuity level. So what we're actually seeing more now that we did before is individuals who may have um, a medial meniscus issue or a knee problem that did not require a total joint replacement. The physicians and other healthcare referrers are now understanding that if we can get them active sooner in a protected environment, we can get them back to full activity quicker. So um, ankle injuries, knee injuries that, again, are not post-surgery, but in the past might not have been seen as an opportunity to use aquatic physical therapy, or we're seeing many more referrals at this point. So I think the news is slowly getting out to healthcare practitioners that it's not for everyone, but for many individuals, even a short course may speed them along quicker in their full progress to rehab. Maybe it depends on injury to injury, but what about with things that are essentially like overuse injuries? Would putting somebody, let's just use a runner because that's popular, would putting a runner in an aquatic setting who might have an overuse injury, would that allow them to essentially stay active or just offloading them and, and using the buoyancy, would that would the overuse injury potentially just continue because now you're doing the same you're doing the same activity, you're not pounding the ground, but you're say still moving your knee up and down if you had a knee injury. Again, okay. it may differ based on the condition, but broadly speaking, I'm curious about overuse injuries. No, it's a great question. And overuse is a lot of the reason we see individuals, whether they're from um, athletic injuries or from actually work injuries. And yes, the pool's a great place because of two things. The buoyancy you already mentioned, and that does unload and allow not to have the impact that we have, particularly in the lower extremities. But even with an upper extremity um, problem or issue or lack of function from overuse, what we also can see there is that the individual, again, because of the resistance of the water, can slow the timing down and do the activity. 
All of that said, if we really want to get somebody's heart rate up, we can actually get them moving pretty quickly in the water while we have them unloaded and, again, address those cardiovascular components as well as the metabolic components that are very almost impossible to get on land while somebody's progressing through a rehab program. You mentioned getting somebody active in those exercises. Can you just pick a condition and take me through what the process might be for getting somebody in the pool and what physically they might do so people can imagine what this might look like? Um, sure. One of the um, subgroups that we see here at Kernan is um, individuals who are overweight, significantly overweight. So it's very difficult for them to move their body mass enough on land to actually impact the cardiovascular function and burn enough calories to lose some weight. So it's very frustrating for these individuals because they want to be active, but it's kind of a catch-22. These individuals do really, really well in the pool. And what we do with them is with most of our clients, there's a warm-up period just like on land. Oftentimes that's with water walking. If the individual is not able to do water walking, we can do some cycling or do some other things. That usually lasts about 5 to 10 minutes depending on their fitness level. And then we typically go to target areas of either strengthening, range of motion, combinations of, or cardiovascular interval training. Those periods can last um, depending on what the client needs anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes. And then there's typically a cool-down period where, again, we work on some stretching, neutral alignment, other issues, that same as you would on land with any kind of fitness program. And that lasts for about 10 minutes as well. So a typical aquatic exercise program, again, without giving a specific diagnosis, usually lasts about 40 to 45 minutes. And you mentioned that this doesn't necessarily include swimming. So using those flotation devices, I mean, is it basically, I mean, we talk about running in place, or are we talking about moving legs in a scissor kick motion? I mean, I'm making up things here, but essentially what might the physical exercises even look like? The exercises can be done in what we consider closed chain, where feet are actually on the bottom of the pole. Those exercises look much like what's done on land. You may be doing squats, you might be doing lunges, you might be doing hip abduction while you're standing on one leg. We increase the difficulty level, just like on land, by having the person hold something with both hands to start, like the wall of the pool. We then make it a little more difficult by having them hold a long bar or two short bars and move away from the side of the pool, so they have to incorporate more balance and neutral alignment. And then we may take away any support and have them see if they can do the same activities against resistance, either using jets or other clients as some turbulence. So there's a whole progression of how to make it harder. You ask about, like, scissor kicks and things like that. For individuals that really have discomfort even just standing in an unloaded pool, um, unloading at the top of the shoulder, you are about 90% of your body weight when the water is that deep. If you come to waist level, you are about 50 to 60% of your body weight that you are on land. So if we really want to unload someone totally and give them total relaxation of their joints but still let them work pretty hard, we may move them into a deep well. And in the deep well, we can do running, we can do walking, we can do what I call snow angels where they move their arms and legs out to the side. We can do Nordic track. We can do jump twist. We can tether them if you have a tether spot at your pool. And again, you can tether them in front of a jet and have them run into the water. You can tether them to the side of a jet and have them try to hold neutral core. So a lot of the same principles that you would use on land as far as adding resistance and more difficulty but still maintaining neutral alignment is very, very important in the pool. You mentioned how well aquatic exercise can work for people dealing with obesity issues. 
Um, this next thing sort of goes potentially hand-in-hand hand with that, but what about people aging? What about people in their 50s, 60s, or 70s? I would think that aquatic physical therapy could be a good solution for them to stay active as well. For many individuals who have been fairly active, um, myself included, as we're starting to age, we have some joint discomfort, if not pain, and it's very difficult to keep up your running program, your cycling program, your aerobics program, whatever it is that you've done for most of your life. So aquatics gives you a nice addition. It may not actually replace your on-land exercise, but it gives your body a chance to basically have a nice combination where you can keep the intensity of your exercise or activity level up. You still get all the endorphin positive flow as far as being active, being active in a group if you're joining a wellness group. If you'd rather just do um, some swimming, we actually do incorporate some swimming into programs but it's not just a swimming program. It's a prescribed swimming, looking at cardiovascular intensity, things like that. Many of our clients swim, and they enjoy swimming. However, a large portion of our clientele don't swim, never have swim, uh, been swimming, and we're not going to include swimming in their program. So, yes, I think as we're aging, I think the pool is a natural environment for individuals who still like to maintain a high level of activity. You mentioned how uplifting it can be for someone who hasn't been able to be active to get in the pool and to suddenly be able to be active. How uplifting is it for you to watch that process? That's amazing. And what's even more amazing is to watch individuals who are other clients and they'll say to me, huh, she's walking better. And again, these are individuals with no healthcare background, but they notice the changes in the clients that are also scheduled either with them or coming in or leaving the pool as they're entering the pool area. So it's it's very exciting for me because you typically tend to see progress and you see people actually empowered to be able to take on their own activity level again, and they're actually so excited because they can do some things that perhaps on land they're not ever going to be able to do, or we might be able to be returning them with the activity in the water to be able to do more on land. So for me, I think it's a really nice activity just to enjoy as a therapist, but also for the other clients to see the progress. It's, it's almost like a social support group, except they're all being active at some level. So it's really very, very nice. Not every physical therapist obviously has a pool and offers aquatic physical therapy. So if somebody was interested in aquatic physical therapy and didn't know where to begin, what would your advice be? Well, the Aquatic Physical Therapy Association, part of APTA, does have a nice website with individuals who do offer aquatic physical therapy. There's also a very nice frequently asked question and answer on the web page. And the other important thing is if you just check around at some of the local senior centers, the JCC, the YMCA, you may be able to find times that you could help get clients in the pool as a therapist and then help transition them to the programs that are available. And we do a fair amount of that as clinicians, making sure that our clients aren't um, particularly in programs that don't have wellness or many of our clients come to us from a distance that doesn't make sense to continue to come back to us, we try to help find a program that's close to them and then contact the program to see, again, what programming would make most sense for them with the limitations they might have in transferring and stair negotiation, that type of thing. So their, their options are fairly wide if the individual looks around the community and sees what type of aquatic environment is available and then, again, they could use the APTA Aquatic Physical Therapy Association as a resource on what to look for, what kind of questions to ask. Excellent. This has been very informative. Paula Geigel, thank you for your time. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com slash radio.